More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Today on More to Life, can anybody find me somebody to blame? Caught up in the blame game? We're going to help you reclaim your power. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body uh, reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today our focus is on blame on our show titled, Can Anybody Find Me Somebody to Blame? And we can be caught up in the blame game without even knowing it. And the reality is blame makes us feel powerless, whether we are blaming others or our circumstances, blaming ourselves, or others are blaming us. It all ends up in the same thing feeling stuck and we want to help you reclaim your power today on more to life give us a call at 877-573-7825 that's 877-573-7825 how is blame complicating your life do you feel like someone or something is stopping you from solving a problem or meeting a need in your life or a relationship do you feel like you could be happy if only that person or that situation would change or maybe someone's blaming you for their problems and you're not sure how to help them get past it whether we're doing the blaming or someone else is blaming us blame can make us feel powerless let us help you stop playing the blame game reclaim your power and heal 877-573-7825 again that number 877 877- Five seven three seventy eight twenty five. You know, I think whether we know it or not, we've all sort of been pre-programmed, unless we were really, really fortunate, to blame people. You know, doesn't it start in our childhoods where the teacher is saying, you know, who's it? Who did this? Who whose fault is this? Or even I remember ages, and I mean ages ago, it was even before our time, but I've seen it come around on social media. There was a family circle cartoon. And I can't remember, do you remember what they called the little Not me. Not me. And it was all the kids running around and lamps had been broken and mud had been tracked in the house. And the mom was like, who's to blame for this? And little this little ghost phantom figure child of Named not me, not me. Yeah, yeah. was running around. It's not me. It's not me. You can't blame me. We are all sort of programmed to think that if we just get somebody to take the blame, hence also the punishment, that that fixes everything. And it doesn't fix anything most of the time. 
No, and and so and we're going to talk more about this, but but you know we are afraid that by taking responsibility we're also accepting blame, and that's not true. You know, responsibility means that I have the ability to respond to this in a positive and proactive and effective way. Um, and when I don't feel like I can do something about it, when I don't feel I can make a positive or proactive response to something, then I resort to blaming and saying, well, it's because of, it's their fault or it's because of this situation. Or, or if you just didn't, then everything would be fine. And whether we are the ones blaming other people or our circumstances or other people are blaming us for their problems, one, it's no fun, and two, it robs us of our power. And, it, and it, it makes it difficult for us to cooperate then effectively with God's grace because we stop looking for what we could do about the thing. Including we stop looking for reconciliation with God and with others. You know, only when we can say, okay, I have fault in this situation. Maybe it's 100%, maybe it's a little bit, but I find fault in myself for X, Y, and Z. But... That is, through the grace of the Holy Spirit, motivating me to change, to seek reconciliation with God and others, to come up with a plan to fix the damage I have done in the situation. That's responsibility. That is not just, let's find somebody to blame and then silence the rest of the situation. So, you know, sometimes we can even be caught up in the blame game without even realizing it. You know, and, and, you know, just a, a gentle challenge here. If you find yourself in any situation where you're saying, um, I, would, I would like to change, but, or I would like this to change, but, um, then there's a good chance that you're getting caught up in the blame game. Because the reality is there's always something, even small, that we could do to make a positive difference in the most frustrating situation. And if you don't believe me, call up and challenge us. 877 <laughs> 573 7825 or again if somebody's blaming you for their frustrations and troubles and difficulties and you're not sure how to get them to move past that we want to help you with those situations too let's talk about how to stop playing the blame game or being played <laughs> 877-573-7825 yeah we're all sinners we all do things that are wrong and we all have to take responsibility for it in one way or another. Sometimes the people in our lives are avoiding that. Sometimes we even want to avoid that. But when we can say we're not going to play the blame game where we're just pointing fingers, we really want to fix ourselves, our relationship, the experience we have. We want healing and we want to grow together and better the situation that's when God's grace can come in and really move in our lives. 877-573-7825. If you're feeling stuck or someone else is blaming you for being stuck, let's work it out. 877-573-7825. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. And if you don't know what that is, uh, when he was Pope, St. John Paul gave a series of reflections over the course of about five years that looked at how God's creation points us to God's plan for living a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships. You know, Scripture tells us that our tendency to try to pin the blame for our sins and failures on others goes back to the fall of our first parents. After the fall, when confronted by God in the Garden of Eden, 
both Adam and Eve tried to pass the buck. The man blamed his wife, and ultimately God, and the woman blamed the serpent. Neither is loving to either. Neither takes responsibility for what has happened. The temptation to blame is one of the first fruits of the fall. In his book, Love and Responsibility, St. John Paul argued that the call to love others, that is to work for their good, and to be responsible, that is to exercise our ability to respond in grace rather than simply react to things, stands at the heart of Christian discipleship. This is an important point to keep in mind in light of our topic today because the more we're prone to blame, the more we give away our power to be either loving or responsible. When we focus on looking for someone to blame, we put our energy into attacking others instead of working for their good. And we distance ourselves from problems rather than taking responsibility for doing what we can to address them. And as I was saying before, you know, taking responsibility doesn't mean accepting blame. It means acknowledging that I have the power to make some kind of godly change. And similarly, loving someone doesn't mean letting them off the hook. It means standing with them and helping them be their best selves as they go through whatever challenges they're facing. You know, the enemy doesn't want us to exercise our power to be loving or responsible. So he tries to convince us that that um, sorry, that blame is better than loving action. In the face of the many things that are wrong in our lives and in this world, we've got a choice to make. Will we condemn ourselves? to a life of powerlessness and resentment by just clinging to blame? Or are we going to commit to exercising our ability to respond in love so that in all things we can make a positive, graceful difference? Today on More to Life, the show is titled, Can Anybody Find Me Somebody to Blame? As we talk about getting caught up in that blame game. And if you're feeling stuck, like you could only make a change if that person or this situation or that you're probably giving away some of your power even without knowing it because of this blame game or perhaps someone blaming you for their problems and you're not sure how to get them past it let us help 877-573-7825 and it doesn't have to be you know a particular thing it can be a tone that runs through your relationship are you going to be seeing someone soon that says, if if only you wouldn't be born, I would have been the favorite kid, or you had been so good at this, I mom would have loved me more. Or somebody in your life who's saying, you know, if you had just done X, Y, and Z, our family would be better off in some way. It's all your fault that I feel uncomfortable or that my life isn't what I want it to be. It can make getting together with those people we care about really uncomfortable and difficult. Let's talk about what you can do about situations like that and everything else like this so you're not playing the blame game anymore. You're actually able to do something effective. Give us a call today on More to Life at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Twenty-five. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and we'll start taking your calls. In the name of the, the Father, Father, the Son, Son and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we often feel stuck 
and frustrated in this broken world. And it's tempting to give in to that feeling that we need to find someone or something to blame. Help us, Lord, to avoid getting caught up in the blame game and instead learn to take responsibility, the, the ability to respond in grace and love to the challenges that we're facing. Give us the wisdom to learn from our mistakes, but, but as you remind us that you did not come to condemn, help us to not then condemn ourselves and instead be willing to learn from those mistakes, to grow, to feel a sense of hope and confidence that your grace is leading us to the solutions, the wholeness, and the healing that you have in store for us. And we ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and in the name of the Father, Father the, the Son, and, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great, pray for us. Today on More to Life, the show is titled, Can Anybody Find Me Somebody to Blame? As we talk about how do we get how do we stop playing the blame game? 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Stephanie, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Louisiana. Hi, Stephanie. Welcome to More to Life. What can we do for you? Hi. Um, so my question is about like your relationship with yourself, and in particular... Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to an eating disorder, like blaming yourself for not taking care of your body, like talking about theology of the body, and how mm-hmm. blaming yourself for not having the strength to like treat your body fairly, but then how it turns to blaming like society and um, the role mm-hmm. that fast food chains have, and just different things like that. Um, how you yeah. feel stuck with guilt and shame. Good. Well, thank thank you so much for the question. It's a great question. I think that it's going to serve a lot of other people who are listening today as well. And, and whether it's Stephanie. this issue that you're speaking to, or, or really any other issue, uh, I want to. This is your question gives me an opportunity to clarify something because I think when when people, um, especially in the secular world, talk about you know not blaming ourselves or others, the impression that we often get is that everything you do is fine, right? And that's not what I'm saying either, right? We can do. Um, wrong things or make mistakes or even do real hurtful things um, without having to necessarily blame ourselves. That's different from taking responsibility. So in your case, when you talk about an eating disorder, you know, you can recognize that I'm not taking care of my body. I'm not eating properly. I'm struggling to uh, have a healthy relationship with my emotions and with food. and taking response and blaming myself for that means, uh, you know, shame on me or what's wrong with me or how come I'm brought or, or as you're saying, blaming society for putting all this pressure on me with these images and impossible. And both standards. of those things can just spiral out of control and just rob us of the energy we need to do the work. But taking responsibility again, that's not blame it. It's the ability to respond means having me sit there and look and say, well, all right, look, I'm not taking great care of myself. I didn't I didn't do my nutrition plan, for example, or I I am struggling uh, with channeling my eating in, uh, my, my, my emotions into eating all right so what's one small thing I could do right now to live a little bit healthier what's one small thing I could do right now to 
make a plan to manage a stressful situation more effectively? What's one small thing I could do right now to help me handle my emotions a little bit better or to get back onto my eating plan? Right. So so instead of giving into blame, which is what the enemy wants us to do when we mess up and he wants us to just sort of sit there and wallow in it. Taking responsibility means, you know what, all right, I recognize that there's a problem. I recognize that I'm not doing what I ought to be doing. But instead of condemning myself, I'm going to approach that with this sense of hope that God is giving me the power and the grace to do something positive, even a tiny thing. Right? So what's one small, tiny step I could take to handle this in a healthier holier more effective way and that's what we do with with blame you know instead instead of trying to attribute the fault to either ourselves or others we we ask the question what can i learn from this how can i grow from this where is god leading me to uh, in this so that i don't have to be stuck in it right Uh, and the more we're able to do that the more we're able to acknowledge our limitations and and our flaws and our mistakes with a sober and and honest mindset without falling into that pit of just wallowing in it and so we ask ourselves you know what's the next step what's the next thing and we you know bring it to god there's a you know in a sense humility is the antidote to blame and and we you know that's a weird thing to say because a lot of people think that humility means beating up on yourself but it doesn't humility just means i know that i don't know everything (laughs) you know i know that i've got a lot to learn and so when when it, with blame it's like well i've done everything i can and it's just your fault or or you know i i, I what's wrong with me that i can't do the thing mm-hmm. and which is also a kind of a weird sort of a pride right because i should be better than this and i'm not what's wrong with me for not being as good as i think i am where humility says you know what i recognize that i'm broken and i got a lot of things wrong with me and that's okay i'm learning i'm growing and god has a plan for me and i'm going to learn the next step right now and the more we can do that the more we can step off that blame train, if you will, and really start taking active responsibility for the stuff that I'm, that's going on in my life and, 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 and just handle it one step at a time. So, Stephanie, I hope these suggestions will, will help you begin to identify those next steps that you can take today and every day to more effectively cooperate with your treatment for the eating disorder uh, and, and realize that, that even though it's going to be a journey, Um, that God has given you the power to make small changes every day, to take small steps every day, to, to, to have that ability, to demonstrate that ability to respond effectively without having to blame anybody, yourself or society. Hey, thanks so much for the call. I really appreciate that question. And if there's more we can do to support you either here or through Pastoral Solutions, don't hesitate to reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com. All right, we are taking your calls about the blame game today. And whether you're blaming yourself or someone or something for the feeling stuck in your life or someone else is blaming you, we want to help you stop playing the blame game and start reclaiming your power in God's grace. The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. More to life. We'll continue with your calls coming up right after the break. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. We have something that stands in utter contrast to the lies of this world. 
It's called the Word of God. The Word of God is what demolishes all that sets itself up as an opponent to the good, the true, and the beautiful. All that sets itself up as an opponent to Christ Jesus. The Word of God is given to us so that we have something to hold on to that's true in all circumstances. We always have a place where we can wash ourselves in the regenerating waters of Scripture. We have a place to retreat to, where we can cling to what is true. The Word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and spirit, of the joint and the marrow, and it's a judge and critic of the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you feel as though life is flying past you? Are you desperate for a way to find moments of peace and quiet? Lord, teach me to pray. The free Ignatian prayer series will open your heart to His voice, to the peace you are seeking, and the only love that fulfills the human heart, Jesus. God is calling you to true joy, knowing Jesus personally. Lord, Teach Me to Pray is free. Go to lordteachmetopray.com, click on the red box, order the Lord, Teach Me to Pray series now. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Today on More to Life, the show is titled, Can Anybody Find Me Somebody to Blame? As we talk about how we can stop playing the blame game or having other people play with us by blaming us for their stuff. 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Darlene, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Missouri. Hi, Darlene. Welcome to More to Life. Hello, thank you. What can we do for you, Darlene? Well, I'm just wanting... My grandson's 10 years old, and his mother's trying to tell him that... Basically, that following the Bible is a lie, and it's a mental illness. So what I see on my board here, so that we can get some clarity on this, let me make sure the facts are straight here. It says your son has full custody of this child. He's 10 years old. But when he has to go visit his mother, that's when she's saying things like this to him. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. How often does does your grandson visit his mom? Uh, Well, he hasn't been able to go, but he's going to go this weekend. But how often does, 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 we talk about once once a week, once a month? Once a month. Okay, so you're, and and, and what, and is your son uh, faithful? And and is he trying to help your grandson be a faithful young man? Yeah, he's Catholic, and, uh, you know, he's trying to teach him, you know, good values and to follow Mm -hmm. God and to pray to God. Okay. All right. And so, so, and you're asking what specifically then? How can we, because there are a lot of yeah, different ways how, we can deal with this. How can you strengthen me to help protect him? Okay. From her. So the most, yeah, well, well, the most important thing here is, is to not fight back against the mom, right? This is, you know, you're, you're not, you don't want to try to put your grandson in a position where he has to, you know, um, 
to feel choose like sides. Yeah, to choose sides. What, what what you're wanting to do is is give your grandson his own relationship with God and with the faith. You know, like, so for example, I mean, you know, I, if somebody tells me my mom doesn't exist, <laughs> I know they're wrong because I know my mom. Because he has a lifelong loving relationship <laughs> right? with his mom. He has I, proof. I've experienced my mom. I have a relationship with my mom. I can point Like, they might not know her, but I know her, right? And so the, the point is, you know, the best way to, quote, unquote, fight back against this isn't, isn't to try to enter into a, you know, an argument with this person who, you know, to try to prove that my mom exists. It's, it's to, to develop my relationship with my mom. And in the same way, you know, you want to make sure that you and your son are helping your grandson really know God as a person, who God who loves him and knows him best and loves him most. Uh, and the more you're able to focus on that, the more your grandson will be in a position where he can say to his mom, you know, mom, I, I, I'm sorry that you feel that way because I know God. I, I've met him. I've had <laughs> real experiences with him. And Darlene, it's very easy, especially when we're scared that somebody could undermine a child's faith in this way, to just go to preaching scripture and catechism at a child everything that we are learning says that children will own their faith even through adulthood if it is founded in the warmth they find in their home that faith is what makes that warmth happen so you want to develop a warm loving relationship with your grandson and so does your son want to do this so that God can live as the most important person in your home in a loving way, and your grandson can truly experience him. Now, let me give you one simple practical thing, an example of how to do this. When you, when you and your son hug your grandson, at the, at the same time, you give him a big hug, and you hold him tight, and you say, I love you so much, and then make a little sign of cross on his forehead, or on top of his head, and say, and God loves you too, so much, even more than me. I'm so glad God created you. I'm so glad God did this good thing for you today when he tells you something good. If he's going through something rough and you're giving him that hug, you're just saying, Lord, please help my grandson with this situation. I know you can do it. Please be there for him and show him your way. Lord, thank you for the blessing that you brought into my grandson's life. So again, you know, you're not worried about trying to uh, counteract her the mother's arguments you're not even addressing it you're focusing on building his own relationship with God and helping him experience God's love through you and through your son we actually talk a lot about this in discovering God together the Catholic guide to raising faithful kids which is really all about how we can help our kids develop that relational faith and when I say that I mean both a relationship with God and experiencing God's love in their homes um, and, and how that really helps us uh, raise kids who are spiritually resilient. So you can check that out, Discovering God Together, The Catholic Guide to Raising Faithful Kids. I'd also encourage you to check out CatholicHOM.com. Uh, it's a platform where you can ask these kinds of questions and get the daily support that you need as a grandparent or as a, for your son as a, as a father uh, to help you raise this uh, godly young man to be a faithful adult. Check it out, CatholicHOM.com. we got to come back in just a minute. More of your calls. Stick around. Father Benedict Groeschel. I don't think people should have negative fears of God, but I think you should get a lump in your throat. You should feel excited. Suppose I was going to take you and introduce you to the Pope or to the President of some country or something. You might get a lump in your throat. Forget it. Every day, you, I, live and move and have our being in the presence of God. These are the class of feelings we should have 
and we should have them to an intense degree if we really had the sight of Almighty God. These feelings are the feelings which we shall have if we realize His presence, and in proportion as we believe that He is present, we shall have them. And not to have them is not to realize, not to believe that God is present to us. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. We just did our parish mission a couple weeks ago now, and I suggested that in the course of the mission that we do something like a, a little mini spiritual assessment of our lives. I don't have to show this to anybody, but a great chance for us just to, with real honesty, just between us and Jesus, ask ourselves some questions. First question, given the fact that half of Catholics don't think God is even personal, would be to ask ourselves that. Do I think God is personal? And then to ask myself, do I think a relationship with Jesus is possible? Do I have a relationship with Jesus? And if so, what's it look like? And then perhaps a little bit more awkwardly or painfully to ask Jesus from his perspective, what's the friendship that we have with him look like? How would he describe our friendship with him? That might be a hard conversation to have. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. When kids misbehave, it's common for parents to ask how they can stop the bad behavior. Usually the answer is some form of punishment. But punishment isn't a silver bullet. Sure, it might stop misbehavior for now, but it's not very effective in the long term. That's because it doesn't help kids heal the harm they've caused, and it doesn't give them the tools they need to handle things differently the next time. St. John Bosco had a better approach to discipline. He viewed discipline as a teaching opportunity, not a control problem. In his approach, parents coach kids through the process of healing the harm their behavior caused. And next, they help kids learn the skills and strategies they need to do better next time. St. Bosco's approach is called discipleship discipline because it treats kids as disciples or learners. It also reminds us of the loving way Jesus taught his own disciples. Discipleship discipline frees parents from being referees, constantly imposing penalties. Instead, parents coach kids through the hard work of improving their game. Discipleship discipline recognizes that parents and kids are really on the same team. To learn more about discipleship discipline, check out our book, Parenting Your Kids with Grace, or visit catholichom.com. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Today's show is titled, Can Anybody Find Me Somebody to Blame? Okay, then. A little salute to Queen there. (laughs) 877-573-7825. Again, that's 87. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, don't encourage him, Eric. Thank you. Thank you very much. No, please. 877-573-7825. We're talking about the blame game today. How is blame complicating your life? You know, maybe you feel like someone or something is stopping you from solving a problem or meeting your needs in your life or relationships. Maybe you feel like you could be happier if only that person or that situation would change. We all fall into that, right? But we end up giving away our power, and then we feel stuck. Or maybe somebody else is blaming you for their problems. 
and you're not sure how to help them move past it. Well, whether we're doing the blaming or someone else is blaming us, blame can make us feel powerless and stuck. We want to help you get unstuck and stop playing that blame game and start reclaiming your power through God's grace. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Well, we were about to take a call from Joy. We just dropped her call, but I want to address it. She's listening to EWTN Radio in Tennessee on the Ave Maria radio app. She says when she got divorced... When her daughter was five, I'm sorry, she got divorced when her daughter was five. Her daughter is now 45 and is blaming her for the divorce. How can she respond to her daughter's anger? This daughter doesn't even want her over for Thanksgiving dinner. So, uh, Joy, I'm so sorry that you're going through this. And it's clearly a wound that's been festering for a long time. 40 years. And, uh, you know, has really come to the surface with this, you know, you're saying that your daughter doesn't even want you to come for Thanksgiving. Um, we often have a hard time articulating what exactly our problem is. And, you know, your your daughter is hurting, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, and in her mind, she puts that back to the divorce, um, which, you know, it's probably true to some degree because divorce is very hard on children even even when we divorce for serious and important reasons it can be very hard on children your natural tendency is going to want to be to defend yourself or try to explain that this was a long time ago or go through your reasons for doing what you did and they all might be perfectly legitimate in fact let's for the sake of argument say that they are Um, but it ends up missing the point right what what your daughter is really saying to you is I'm hurting mom and I need your help. I need you to empathize with me, and I need you to help me figure out how to stop hurting so much. Now, again, she might be saying, I hate you, Mom, because of the, because of the divorce, or it was all your fault that my life is a mess, or she might be saying all kinds of terrible, hurtful things. But what she's really saying is, I'm hurting. I don't know what to do about it. Could you please help me in some way? And if you try to explain yourself or defend yourself or try to tell her that it's a long time ago and she shouldn't be so upset about it anymore and why doesn't she take control of her own life and all of that comes across to your daughter like you're missing the point. And so she feels like she has to double down to be heard. So my suggestion to you is, is to avoid that temptation to defend yourself. I'm not suggesting that you have to take the blame. I'm, I'm saying that by not defending yourself, you're really trying to listen to what she's to what she's meaning as opposed to what she's saying. And what you want to how you want to respond to her is to say, you know, listen. What I really hear you saying is that you're really hurting, and you don't know how to fix it, and you want me to hear you, and recognize how much pain you're in, and do whatever I can to help you. And I want you to know that I'm here for that. I love you. I'm sorry that you're hurting. I'm really sorry for whatever brought that hurt into your life. What I want to do is help be part of the solution and and helping you figure out what the next step might be to healing our relationship, helping you feel more powerful and effective in your life, taking that next step toward healing. I want to be there for you. What can I do? And you're going to have to say that over and over and over again. It's not going to be one conversation that you have with her that suddenly snaps her out of this. She's felt unheard for whatever reason for a very long time to the point where she's saying, now I don't want you to come for Thanksgiving. She's, she's not cutting you out. She's sending a message that you're not hearing me. 
I mean, it looks like she's cutting you out, but when you look past the dust on the surface of it, she's saying, I need you to hear me. I need you to help me heal. So, look, we actually talk about this, you know, how to deal with adult children threatening us, cutting us off, um, you know, drawing boundaries that, are, that feel very hurtful. In our book, How to Have Meaningful and Sometimes Difficult Conversations with Our Adult Sons and Daughters. Again, the, the book title, How to Have Meaningful, Sometimes Difficult Conversations with Our Adult Sons and Daughters. It's, it's really about how we as parents can get into a place where we can continue to mentor our adult children. But a lot of times that requires healing of the relationship. That requires navigating some sticky situations where our kids aren't living the way we wish they were living uh, or doing things that we wish that they were doing. Uh, how do we handle those situations gracefully? And what can we say that will actually be heard? Um, and so for a follow-up to the suggestions we've made on the call here, Joy, I'd really encourage you to check out Having Meaningful, Sometimes Difficult Conversations with Our Adult Sons and Daughters. It's available at catholiccounselors.com or wherever books are sold. And while you're at catholiccounselors.com, if you feel that any of the other resources there could be helpful, including our Pastoral Solutions Institute's pastoral telecounseling practice, where you can work with a faithful professional Catholic counselor to address these concerns, we'd love to help walk you the rest of the way. Again, catholiccounselors.com and the title of the book, Having Meaningful, Sometimes Difficult Conversations with Our Adult Sons and Daughters. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. We're talking with you today about blame on our show titled, Can Anybody Find Me Somebody to Blame? Let's talk more today about how blame is holding you back. You know, again, we don't, don't often realize that we're blaming someone or something but if you feel powerless or stuck or if you find yourself saying you know I, I, I could be happy if or I, I can make this change if then you probably are to some degree stuck because of blame and that's not to condemn you that's to say that there's a door that's open that you haven't noticed and we want to help you walk through it of course if somebody else is blaming you for their problems and you're not sure how to help them get past it we're here for that too at 877 Five seven three seven eight two five. Again, that's eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. We're going to go out to our break just a little bit early, and it's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from John chapter sixteen, verse thirty-three. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart; I have overcome the world. Yeah, you know, and this points us back to that idea that responsibility is not blame or condemnation, but rather the ability to respond in God's grace. Jesus is saying here that yes, we are going to have troubles. Yes, we are broken and we are living in a broken world and there are many, many struggles that we have to face. But God has the victory. And if we can be humble, like I was talking about earlier in the show, not by beating up on ourselves, but by saying, I have a lot to learn and I'm willing to learn it, then we can bring those struggles to God and say, okay, God, teach me that next step. Show me what I can do to respond to this challenge in a way that will glorify you and help me be my best self. And maybe even work for the good of the people around me too. And the more I can do that, the more I'm taking responsibility, cultivating that ability to respond in God's grace to all the tribulation in the world so that I can participate in God's victory over the world as well. 
When we come back, we'll be taking more of your calls about escaping the blame game and whether you're the one blaming your circumstances or other people or other people are blaming you. We want to help you reclaim your power and start living in the light of God's grace. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. There's so many issues that need to be discussed when we're looking at this continuing problem of mass shootings. At the heart of it is what's going on with the human person, though. Father John Mercado brings up deaths of despair in great detail in his beautiful Rescue Project series. Or so many young people now, or with that survey pre-COVID, were talking about how desperate they felt, how lonely they felt, how isolated they felt how suicidal they felt. And then we had a recent survey come out from the CDC looking at a similar case with young girls. And this feeling of desperation and loneliness that despite everything they had access to and what they could do with their bodies, this so-called freedom, the world's version of freedom that shoved down our throats every single day, they're still not happy. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, on EWTN Radio. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled, Can Anybody Find Me Somebody to Blame? We're talking about getting caught up in the blame game and whether we are blaming other people or our circumstances for feeling stuck, or other people are blaming us for being stuck in their lives. We want to help you stop playing the blame game and start reclaiming your power in God's grace. 877 573-7825. We're talking now with Deborah, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Louisiana. Hi, Deborah. Welcome to More to Life. What can we do for you today? Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I have two sisters. One is my twin sister. The other one's five years younger than me. We had a great relationship until when my dad passed away. They found that he made the executress of his affairs. It's been bad ever since. I've actually gone to my twin sister's house, told her, I love you, I forgive you, I want you to forgive me, and when I tried to hug her, she turned her back on me. 
the younger mm. sister, I did the same thing. And she said, you have nothing to forgive me for. I am right and you are wrong. And what do I do? Now, Deborah, your dad made you executor of the will. What happened between you just doing what it said in the will and what your sisters are mad at you about? He, he, they, they did not have much money at all. Not at all. And I just, I even told them, if I knew that you all were going to be acting like this to me, I would have told Daddy to make y'all eject one of y'all executives. But are they are they upset because of what exactly that that, that your father made you the well, executor, or that there wasn't enough to go? My parents, my kids, and, I, and my family next door to my parents, and they lived away. I don't know if if there was jealousy, and it's. Like I said, so I what I think I'm hearing you say, Deborah, is not only did he make you, because mostly an executor just just distributes anything that's left exactly. the way the person who passed wants it done. Did your father just right. leave everything to you as well? Was that the problem that you got everything no, and your no, sisters nothing didn't? Nothing like that. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. Okay. Everyone got the same thing, and uh, so, th- mm. so, so they're just upset that he chose you. Free. I guess. I guess that's okay. the thing. I mean, my twin sister yeah. said, "I don't understand this. We are twins. Why couldn't you make both of us?" executive okay wow. well you can't All even right. really well, do because, that. Yeah, yeah. As far as I know, you really can't yeah, do that. But, but you know, can. so what this really is about, Deborah. Um, is the feeling that mom loved you best or dad loved you best, yeah. right? Which parents that, are. This happens so often. It's not just your sister. You know, it, it it's not about so the money. Often. It's not about the division of assets. It's not about anything. It's about, you know, th- see, we knew it all along. Dad always loved Deborah more. Well, and what it really is is displaced grief. You know, there's there was something that they didn't feel was fulfilled between them and dad during the course of his life. So often. Children, adult children, will think that the last words of the parent, whether it's in word or it's in the deed of the will and and anything tied to it, is the last proof of whether their parent loved them or not. And just having to choose one child and say, this is the child who will do all the legal stuff, sometimes is enough for them to take all the grief that they have about the dad passing or the mom passing and just blame it on somebody else because they don't know what to do with that grief. Um, and the reason we're saying this is because, you know, it's easy to, to take this personally and to feel like this is, you know, what did I do to, to, to cause this? Uh, and what could I do to make it better? Um, and unfortunately, the, the answer is, is that you didn't do anything based on what you're describing. And there's not, probably not a lot you can do to heal the relationship because what they're doing is instead of working on their own grief and working on their own woundedness and getting the real help that they need, it's easier to just blame Deborah. Right, it's just easier to just say, "Well, see, she got in the way, and that's why I couldn't have the relationship I really wanted with Dad." Um, and so, the best you can do at this point is extend the invitation to a better relationship moving forward, which you've done, um, and remind yourself that this isn't your fault, and really, it's not your job to fix it. That you love them, but you love them enough to give them their space if that's what they need right now. You know, you can continue to send maybe 
cards of the holidays or just little texts that I'm thinking about you and praying for you, and they probably will reject that. But when you want to take the long view and keep putting out that invitation that says, I love you, and I'd love to be part of your life when you're ready to have that, when you're ready to let that happen. But you also love them enough to let them go and give them their space if that's what they choose. Um, and, and, and you want to remind yourself that this isn't your fault. You know, based on what you described, you were close, you, um, you know, geographically to your father. Um, he trusted you. He made you the executor of the will. And you did your job. Um, the rest of the family interprets that as he loved you more. You can't control that. You have no power over how they interpret things. You can only do the job faithfully that you were given to do and extend your invitation to the rest of your family to be in a better relationship moving forward if they want to. And if they don't, then the thing that you can do is give love them enough to give them that space. I know it's painful, but if you can see it as this is displaced grief over losing your dad, they're angry, they're shocked, they're grief-ridden, and they don't know what to do about it, they don't know how to make peace with it, either because their faith isn't in that place yet, or they're still in too much shock, or there's unresolved issues from their being raised by your dad. Even if he was a great dad, something just didn't add up for them. And it's all about that. It's not about, from everything you've described, Deborah, about you. And the best thing you can do, really, is to stop trying to jump through their hoops to, to fix it. Because, the, ironically, the more you do that, yes. Yes. the, the, the more, you, more that you enable their anger. Uh, because when you jump through those hoops to try to fix the relationship, they, that just gives them more reason to blame you. Because, see, you didn't fix it when you did that thing. Uh, and then they just cling to that more. So loving them enough to give them their space is really the best thing to do at this point, Deborah. I'm so sorry that we can't have a better message for you, but I hope that this will s help set you free a little bit from that guilt that you've been feeling for all these years. And let's, with that, let's go to Martha, who is listening to EWTN Radio in California. Martha, welcome to More to Life. What can we do for you? Martha, are you Martha there? Martha in California. Hi, um, I'm Martha. There you are. Um, I'm feeling very stuck. I'm stuck because my daughter, she feels very disconnected. She's living with a Hindu man, and I'm just like the last caller. I can almost... She is blaming me for her feeling of disconnected, but she's living with him. She won't marry him because he's Hindu. Okay, now here's the twist. I, I, I was feeling really bad for her, so I thought, well, why don't we have Thanksgiving at your house, you know, Mariana? I'll just, we'll have it at your house so that you can feel included and not feeling so disconnected, because she's been in tears about it. And so um, we're going to her house, and I said, well, I'll, br I'll bring the turkey. No, no, they don't eat turkey. Hindus can't have turkey. They don't eat meat. Yeah, they don't chicken. eat meat. Yeah, so it's Chicken. like, Chicken. okay, oh. but the rest of my family... I'm confused by that, but okay. Right, and so me having wanting to help her is just making her angry at me because I said I'm bringing a turkey, you know? And so it, it, I'm not helping by going down there. I could have had it at my house, and everybody would have been happier. She would have still felt that disconnected thing, but... It's really not me. Well, the problem is she's not doing the right thing. 
Well, what? yes, that's true. Uh, and, and, and uh, you know, and my heart breaks for you both for the choices that your daughter has made and the estrangement that you have with your daughter, that all of those things are truly, truly painful. And, and I'm so sorry that your family is going through that and that you're hurting the way you are. Um, there are two things that I guess I want to point you to. Um, the, the first one, though, is, is, you know, when it comes to healing a relationship with somebody who's angry at us, we can often try running around identifying things that we could do to make it better, um, and then we end up making it worse. Um, the best thing to do when somebody is angry with us or hurting is to say to them, hey, what do you need to see from me? You know, what would help you feel more connected to me? What could I do that would really show you that I, the love that I have in my heart for you? You know, I understand that you don't feel loved. What, what would it take for me to show you that? Now, uh, you know, obviously you can't do something that would, you know, you can't approve of the way she's living, right? Um, I mean, she is living in a state of sin by living with him without the benefit of a sacramental marriage. But you could, but you could have chicken. I mean, you know, you, you, you could do that, right? I mean, I mean Italians have lasagna, thanks. <laughs> you know, so I mean, it's like, you know, yeah. you, it doesn't here's, matter. I, and here's the thing, <laughs> because it's not sacred to your Catholicism, whether you eat turkey or chicken or, you know, beets on, on Thanksgiving, we need to, like, step back from having our comfort zones and traditions challenged and really say, what can't we be flexible on approving of her living in sin with someone? And what can we build relationship around, even if it's uncomfortable? The second point I want to make is the difference between accompaniment and approval. All right. So when, we, when, we're, when our adult kids do things we don't approve of, we often feel like, well, I can't accompany them either. Mm -hmm. um, and I like, in, in, in our book, having meaningful, sometimes difficult conversations with our adult sons and daughters, I talk about the difference there. You know, God doesn't approve of our sin right? Um, but we also can't live, we can't take the next breath without God breathing it into us. So even when we're sinning, God is present to us in some way in the hopes that we will turn to him and let him lead us out of that sin, right? So he accompanies us where he can. He's not enabling us to sin. He's not giving us permission to sin, but he's there in that moment when we're sinning saying, hey, I love you enough to give you life and to give you the next breath that would give you the opportunity to repent and come back to me. And in the same way, we can take our cue from God by finding ways to be present to our children, even when they're making unhealthy or inappropriate choices. We don't approve. And if they ask us, hey, mom, do you like the way I'm living? We can say, well, no, I, I think you're settling. I think that you this is not what you really want, ultimately. And I think that you're settling, settling for less than you deserve. And I, and I love you so much that I want you to have the best. And I feel like this is less than the best. But I will come over to your house for Thanksgiving and eat chicken if that's what you want to do. Or I, we can go out shopping and, and we can go out for coffee or I pray with you or I will, you know, whatever, you know, how you can be there for her in healthy and appropriate ways. That's accompaniment. But just accompanying does not mean approving any more than God giving us the next breath, even when we're in the middle of sin, means that God's approving of our sin. He's not right. He's just giving us that opportunity to turn to him even when we're actively rejecting him. In the same way, you want to prayerfully look for ways you can be present to your daughter so that God can continue to use you as a conduit of his Holy Spirit, calling her to repentance through your loving relationship. We talk more about this in having meaningful, sometimes difficult conversations with our adult sons and daughters, which you can pick up at catholiccounselors.com. And listeners, thank you so much for being with us today on, on the show titled, Can Anybody Find Me Somebody to Blame? As we talk about stepping away from that blame game and reclaiming our power in God's grace. If you'd like more support in either 
avoiding that temptation to blame your circumstances or others, or getting out from under other people blaming you, come on over to CatholicCounselors.com and learn more about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's pastoral telecounseling practice, where you can work with a faithful, professional Catholic counselor to help you transform your marriage, family, or personal life through the light of God's grace. Again, go to CatholicCounselors.com, and don't forget to celebrate the life God has for you, because with His grace, there is so much more to life. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchuk. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.